This is PhotoBizX, episode number 533, and today's episode, If You Photograph Portraits, will be a game changer. This photographer is doing extremely well. She works out of a small home-based studio and shares exactly how she's averaging sales just under $5,000 in what is a super competitive market. I'm talking about Marais Sassine, and that interview is coming up in just a minute. Are you planning to have a successful wedding and portrait photography business? Join Andrew as he interviews successful photographers and business experts to fast track your success. Welcome to the Photo Biz Exposed podcast with your host, Andrew Helmich. Hey, it's Andrew Helmich here, host of the Photo Biz X podcast, where I interview guests to help you build a better photography business, even faster than going it alone. And I am super excited for you to hear today's episode with Marie because what she has built in regards to her photography business is absolutely fantastic and she shares so so much i know this one has the potential to be a total game changer for you if you photograph portraits of any kind so stick around for that before we do get into that interview with Marie, i've got a couple of quick things i wanted to share with you the first one is just how amazing our photography community is. I, I had a message from a photographer overseas who was really struggling. Things just aren't going well. She feels as though she's trying so many things. They're not working. She's not bringing in the income that she needs. She, she was struggling. She is struggling. And I was worried about her and wasn't exactly sure what to do, how to help. So I got in touch with another photographer in Switzerland who lives nearby, relatively speaking. I'm talking about Katy Schneider. And Katy, who is the most incredible human being, said she'd be happy to give her a call and have a chat to her and uh, see if she can help in any way, which was, was just amazing. Following that, I contacted Joel Dunn, the photography business and mindset coach, to see if he could shed any light on how we could possibly help this photographer. And he said, Andrew, leave it with me. I'll send it a link. I'll have a chat and I'll see if we can put into place some things to actually get her back on track. So absolutely phenomenal. It just blows me away how good this community is and how we can come together to help others in the community. Uh, it, it was so, so heartwarming. And then I later learned that Eloise Giardina and Ina Jalil from the Photo Biz X membership also got in contact with a photographer when they got a sense that she was struggling and they exchanged some messages and uh, bounced some ideas around too. So just a mind-blowing, amazing, <laughs> I'm running out of superlatives here. Uh, it just warms my heart to know that uh, we can all get behind each other and, and, and help one another when things just aren't going that great. So massive thanks to all of you, Eloise, Ina, Joel and Katzi. Uh, I really do appreciate the help. And um, for that photographer, I'm sure you know who you are. I hope, uh, hope things are getting back on track and you feel a bit better this week and we, we see some, uh, some steps in the, in the right direction for you in the coming weeks and months. And now, a macro look at the last episode. Now, if you didn't catch last week's episode with Nicole She, she shared how she has generated a couple of fantastic sales all through offering free picture days to after-school care centers. And she's reasonably new to photography. She's made some incredible sales already through the contacts that she's made by doing these free picture days. So get back and have a listen to that interview if you haven't heard it and you're looking for a different marketing idea to Facebook and Google ads, because I thought this was absolutely fantastic. Now, in addition to that, Nicole and I have shared a couple of emails this week and she just came back and I want to read this email to you. It's, it's a little bit long, but I think it's worth hearing because there are so many different avenues for us to make great contacts, to generate business, to build relationships and get our foot in the door and in front of the clients that we want to be getting in front of. She said to me, one exciting thing happened today. I went to a chamber mixer, which I think is like a B&I meeting with about 20 people for an hour. We have this kind of mixer every other Wednesday lunchtime in a coffee shop. Usually we have a speaker for a topic to talk about and then the last 10 minutes for networking. 
Now, today we had the Chamber CEO visiting and asking Chamber members about a festival the Chamber is going to be hosting in May next year. She wanted to know what kind of activities Chamber members need and how can the Chamber help all members to promote their businesses. Then one member said, we need a photo booth. And that's when the CEO came back and said, well, we had a photo booth last year, but it didn't work out well. I need to think about how I can do this this year. Now, Nicole goes on to say, in the last 10 minutes, I approached the CEO and proposed my free picture day idea. I took out my picture day prints from my bag. And these are the same picture bag prints that she shows to the after school care centers that she talked about in last week's episode. They have her logo and her website on there. And she showed how she could replace the school's logo and website with a chamber logo and website and that she would photograph anyone at the festival that signs the model release right before she takes their photo and she'll be able to hand out her business cards and business fly to them to make sure everyone receives her printed material. So super easy for her to offer these free picture sessions. She says she'll be shooting with just a single light like she does with the schools, does a quick edit and we'll be uploading them to her social media so people can visit and see them there. So the CEO, she loves the proposal, and it looks like this could be a goer. So, I mean, again, it's just a fantastic story of being prepared to offer your services, being in the right place at the right time, but also putting yourself in the right place at the right time and being able to offer your services. So I've asked Nicole to keep me updated, let us know how this all plays out. But to me, it's just another great way to get in front of potential clients. Now, this may not be applicable to you if you are well-established, you're bringing in a ton of clients, you don't need new clients, you don't need to be offering free sessions. I totally get that. But if you're a newer photographer or you have some gaps in your calendar, then get out there, get in the community, go and meet people, offer your services, even if they are for free, if it's targeted and it makes sense to do so and it can lead to further bookings, go ahead and offer your services for free. Again, as long as it makes sense and it's going to lead somewhere potentially and go and test these things out just like Nicole is. So again, if you haven't heard last week's episode with Nicole, get back and have a listen to that one. It's definitely worth it, particularly if you are looking to build your clientele and have gaps in your calendar. You're listening to Photo Biz Exposed with your host, Andrew Helmich. Alrighty, we are going to jump into this interview with Murray in just a second. If you are hearing this announcement, it does mean you are listening to the free version of the podcast. Now, you will hear very explicitly exactly where you'll be dropping off from today's episode. You won't hear the full interview. I am saving a large portion of the second half for premium members only. So if you would like to hear the full interview... You can do that for as little as $1 with a 30-day trial membership. And there are more details about that over at photobizx.com forward slash try. Welcome to another great eye for business. It's time for Andrew's special guest. Today's guest came about through a chance meeting with Ishlem Sanol in Sydney during Mark Rosetto's workshop a few months ago. Now, Ishlem told me all about her amazing boss and studio owner, Murray, who started off photographing weddings for 13 years before focusing on high-end portraits for the last 10 years. She says that other photographers find the way Murray manages her home-based micro studio absolutely inspiring. Now, I've since learned they only offer sessions three weekdays out of the week, and their studio average sale is just under $5,000. I also heard about a $70,000 sale for one client who has now booked in two additional sessions. Ishlem and Murray are currently working on a photo book titled Uplifting, A Celebration of Women, which showcases women who have been affected by breast cancer. They are proud of their robust system for booking clients, and by all accounts, this sounds like a small but fantastic business operating in the very competitive Sydney market. I am so keen to learn more, and I'm wrapped to say that I have Murray from Vivid Photography and Imaging with us now. Murray, welcome. Thank you so much, Andrew. How do you feel when you hear an intro like that? Um... It makes me feel proud. I love hearing that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so did I describe the business correctly? That it, like I've heard it been described as a micro studio. Is that how you would describe it? Yeah, definitely. I work at a very tiny space. I have a home-based studio and I've been running the studio here for a long time. I didn't always start off running from home. I had another micro studio, but it was a shop front. And I ran that for about four years on the northern beaches of Sydney, which I loved. And I opened that 
straight after graduating at university where I studied photography and imaging. And then I purchased my home and I decided to run the business out of home. And the way that it's set up is it's a very small single garage and not even the whole garage is set up as the studio. But when you walk into my home, it's laid out so perfectly and I sort of make it work. And I think I heard the term micro studio the first time when another professional photographer came into my home and he was just blown away by, you know, my setup. And he was just like, this is insane that you produce the work that you do out of such a tiny space. So yeah, it is. I started to realize, you know, lots of other photographers, even if they do work from home, they have these mega big spaces, but it really is tiny. (laughs) So is there signage at the front? Do people know they're turning up to your studio or is it just hidden away in the suburbs? Well, I live in a cul-de-sac, so it is hidden away. I don't get, you know, drive-through traffic or anything like that. The clients that end up coming in for a photo shoot are clients that we've pretty much spoken to and booked in and given the address to. So my address isn't pretty much on my website or anything like that. And yeah, there's a small sign outside. I also personalize it. So if I know you're coming in for a photo session, I'll write your name on a blackboard and everyone makes a big deal about that. They love that I personalize the experience. Okay. So where do I see that when I'm walking up the driveway? Is there a blackboard, like an A-frame blackboard that says, you know, welcome Andrew and Linda or Andrew, Linda and family? No, you'd see the actual sign of my studio just outside my home. It's like a beautiful black acrylic sign. And then as you come closer to the doorway, you'll notice your sign right next to the door. So yeah, it's kind of like, oh, I am in the right spot. Right. And is that what it it say something like I said, like on the blackboard? It'll say, welcome Andrew or Andrew and family. Or if there's not that many people in the family, I'll actually, you know, write down their names individually. And they usually take photos of it and they'll ask me to be in the photo and sometimes they'll post it on their social media. And yeah, it's just a little fun, personalized way to um, greet someone, I guess, that's coming into your studio. That's so good. And so when they come into the front door, do they actually go through your home or they walk straight into you know, what you call your studio space? They actually walk through my home. So they come in and they go through my lounge room. They go through my dining room, which also opens up to my kitchen. And then they step into the studio, which, like I said, is a garage converted. You wouldn't even know that it's a garage. It matches the decor of of the house. Wow. Okay, great. Okay, so the house, like, do you have to work on keeping it tidy? Like, do you have kids? Do you have pets, a husband? Do you have to keep it up so it's right for when someone turns up? Well, I've had comments say, like, how do you keep your house so clean? Everything is so perfect. So... Look, I do make an effort, but it's not hard for me because I am a very neat and tidy person. So it's second nature to me. You know, I've got my good old Dyson that I bring out and, you know, vacuum and yeah, I'm a bit of a neat freak. So, but I do get comments like that. And I I think it's important to have your home presentable for when clients walk through. I mean, definitely if there's photographers out there that are running their studio from home, which I know there's a lot, especially in this day and age, then I think it is very important to have that presentation aspect to your home. For sure, for sure. And then, so they walk through your home and then do they go into a garage space? Like, is that the studio and the the sitting room? Is that everything all in one or is there multiple rooms? It's everything. And it's crazy because, um, so half the room, I've got those paper rolls where, you know, I can set up a studio situation. If I'm doing a purchasing session or a viewing session, um, I call them purchasing sessions, I'll actually roll up the studio, tuck the lights away and then move my computer desk around and they'll actually sit on a lounge and I'll project the images onto a large TV screen. So yeah, I actually move furniture around. I don't have everything completely set up. So I've started to do a lot of same day purchasing sessions and there's a bit of work involved. So after the photo shoot, I'll tuck everything away. I'll clean up the studio. And like I said, I'll move that computer desk and set up everything for the purchasing session. So it's a bit of a pain in the butt, but it is what it is. And I just deal with it. And that's how I've always done it. Okay. And it sounds like, I mean, I said earlier that Ishlem introduced you and I for this interview. Is it just you two in the business? And is she full-time with you? 
She's not full-time. I've been running the business on my own for you know a long number of years. I've been in business for almost 24 years now as a full-time photographer. I've never done anything else. So I've always worked for myself. And before Isham started to work with me, I had employed other bookings, I guess, people, if you may. And, you know, they'd hang around for a little bit or maybe they wouldn't be so good and they'd drift off and do something else. And then I actually just put a Facebook post probably about three or four years ago. That's probably how long she's been working with me. And she answered the Facebook post and she was the only one that actually did what was said in the Facebook post. And I actually remembered her when she phoned me because I had done a photo shoot of her and her family. So I knew... I guess her personality, what she was about. I had met her family, which even made me comfortable because I think working from home, you kind of need to be able to trust that person coming into your home. So there was that automatic trust factor, which is very important to me. And I remember when she booked me as her portrait photographer, one thing I said to her is, I love your voice over the phone. You have such a happy Um, And I think I said like a little bit of a sexy voice because she's got a bit of a husky voice. And so I actually remembered her and yeah, the rest is history. So she's been working with me since then and we're a great team. And one of the bedrooms in my home is converted into an office. This is the room that I'm in now. And she's got her desk, I've got my desk and we pretty much work together. And that's how it's been and we're a great team. Wow. So when you brought... Islam on, was it based on a salary? Was it a salary and commission? Was it per booking? How did you work that out? No, um, she had a full-time job and then she had her kids. So she was just looking for something during school hours and she lives in the same suburb as me. So it was perfect. She just wanted something during school hours and that suited me fine. So she comes in for two to three days a week and she works four hours, four hours at a time. And the great thing about Ishlam, I suppose, is even if it's outside those hours, if I ever want to contact her via phone, email, you know, WhatsApp, whatever it is, she'll take my call. Like she'll answer. If clients call her, she's got her own phone. If clients call her outside those areas, she will actually pick up the phone or get back to them. And that's what I love about her. And she's invaluable to me. Well, she's definitely a go-getter because she was straight on to me at that conference and uh, raving about you. And then she followed it with emails and uh, she did everything right. Like, yeah, she's a real go-getter and she must be, it must be so good to have her on board with you. Uh, definitely. And I think I can honestly say that we have each other's backs. So I look after her as much as I can and that's important to me. And I know she does the same for me. It's not like we're best friends, but we're very friendly with each other. We do, you know, see each other sometimes outside of the studio, but she's professional and that's what I love about her. Yeah, so good. Now, you and I had a bit of a chat before we started recording and we talked a little bit about the numbers and we both decided it was going to be best if we save those for the premium members only. So I'm not going to get into the numbers deeply, but what I, what <laughs> I will say for the listener right now is you blew me away when you told me your turnover. I was like, holy crap, that's amazing. Like for a small studio operating at a home, that is incredible. Now, I really want to share the number. I'm going to save that for members and, and how you get to those numbers. But I did say in the intro that you had a $70,000 sale. Is that right? Did I, or was it meant to be 7000 It was two photographic sessions from a long-time client. And, you know, one of the sessions was in the studio and then the other one was at their home, so an in-home photographic session, which is what I market. And after calculating what the client spent with those two sessions, probably in a matter of six months, it was close to $70,000. Unbelievable. And since then, she's booked me in for two more sessions. We're just (laughs) waiting for a sports car to arrive that I checked in with her this week. It hasn't arrived yet. They've ordered a new Corvette, and then they want to take me to their holiday home. Wow, unbelievable. In Australia or overseas? In Australia. <laughs> <laughs> so what are they getting for, for that kind of money? Is it lots of wall art? Is it lots of albums? Yeah, wall art. Wall art's the big thing. So they definitely purchase all their digital files. I have a pack where they get a beautiful album, all their digital files and a personalized phone app. And then in addition to that, when they come in, I'll make some suggestions 
for what I think would look great on their wall. And she pretty much just goes with what I suggest to her. I mean, money is no issue for them. And they've been my clients now for probably 13 or 14 years. And I think the first time she came in and had a look at her photos and signed off on on her order, it was a $23,000 sale. And that was like 13 years ago. And I pretty much was shaking after that. And she just paid me straight away. Just like, here you go. And I was shaking. I actually felt sick. Like I wanted to vomit because I was like, wow, like this is such a big sale. You know, and it's not wedding photography and it only took an hour of my time and, you know, maybe an hour of editing and this is what she's what she's spending. But I don't how do I say this? Um, you know, if you think about seventy thousand dollars or even fifty thousand, which was one of the sales, you know, you might think hundreds and hundreds of images, but it's not it's just big pieces of wall art. And um, yeah, a few of those, you know, one's about 12,000, one's about 8,000, you know, you calculate those and that's how you, you get to that figure. Wow. So good. So tell me about your, like your regular client, you know, your average client, what are they taking home? Because I see on your socials, your big, and on your website, you're big on wall art. And you just said that yourself, like everywhere I look, there's wall art, you're uncovering wall art on your stories, you're, you're doing reveals on your stories, you're showing wall art on your portfolio. I'm guessing that's what everyone's getting, but how do you get people from you know, responding to an ad or a lead coming in through the computer, through the door, and then turning that into a paying client that wants to take home wall art? Well, showing those things on social media is very important and positioning yourself in, I guess, your area, your suburbs, uh, where you live is is really important. And I think once you do that over a number of years, people start to notice you. And the incredible thing that I've also noticed is because everyone, I guess I'm the well-known photographer in the area now. So many people know me as a portrait photographer. And you know how I mentioned before that people walk walk through my home, they go through the lounge room and then the dining room. So in the dining room, I actually never use that as a dining room. There is just piles and piles of framed photos on the wall, leaning on the wall, So when someone puts an order through to me, I actually get it done right away and I use that for display purposes. And it's funny when people come into the sales room and I start showing them examples of what other people have purchased, it's kind of like, oh, that's okay to spend that sort of money. Yeah, like I'll get that too. And that's actually what happens. I'm not sure, I'm not a psychologist or anything like that, but I find that incredibly interesting. And I'm sure there's something psychologically, I don't know what the word is or whatever, but it's like if you show them what other people have purchased, it's it's kind of like that's okay, especially if they know someone else in the photos. It's kind of like it's a big tick. They're getting that, then I'm going to get that or I'm going to get more. It's almost like a competition. <laughs> so if you have, it, say, a 30 by 40, for example, is it on an easel when they come in? No, I've got a 30 by 40 on display in my studio. Um, yeah, so let's say you've got a 30 by 40 for a family that you've just photographed and then another family's coming in and you say, oh, this is a 30 by 40. Then do you say the price of that 30 by 40? Yeah, of course. I don't hesitate when it comes to price. In fact, when Ishan speaks to them over the phone, she says to them, our clients spend upwards of $1,000. Our most popular package is just under $4,000. And it's completely up to you what you decide to spend now, when she speaks with them and if she gets the feeling that they understand the pricing and they're okay with that, that's when we'll actually book them in. And then from there on, there are so many touching points about pricing. Even during the actual photographic session, I'll speak to them about pricing. I'll make sure that they've got a price list. We actually physically send them in the mail a brochure and a price list, which I know not many people do anymore. So I think that's a bit of a point of difference than just sending an email or a text. We do those things too. And I think you've probably heard this before. It's about connecting with people and, you know, showing them that you care and you look after them and making sure they have a great photographic experience and that they have fun. Like my sessions are fun. I, yeah, I make sure my clients have a lot of fun in their sessions. Like I'll do whatever I need to do to create that atmosphere And a lot of the times they're leaving, you know, feeling that, wow, that was a great session. Or even if it wasn't a great session, 
I'll actually say something like, I know you thought that wasn't a great session, but don't worry. I got some amazing images I can't wait to show you. And part of my sales process, which I started to do, you know, very early on in social media was I would actually show snippets or post up stuff before they actually came to see it. And what I found that if the mum was coming without her partner, her husband, it was almost like they got the approval straight away. Okay, these are great photos. You have to get them. And they always end up getting the ones that I post or show snippets of and more. And I find that that's an interesting sort of psychological thing that happens with social media too. And then they ask for opinions of friends and family and I'm guessing they're saying things like, oh, my God, you have to get those photos. They're amazing because they come in ready to buy. Well, I I want to ask you a little bit more about that process in just a second. But you said earlier about creating this connection and I imagine you would be so much fun at a shoot. I can see that from your personality. You're always quick to smile and have a laugh. But it sounds like Islam is the one that makes that initial connection, but you're the photographer. Like, Where does the connection come from? Is it Islam or is it you? The first point of connection is um, obviously we, you know, various mediums that we advertise on, mainly social media. We run a lot of Facebook ads and I throw a lot of money on the Facebook ads. I'll say that. And the first point of contact is with Ishlam. And as I mentioned before, she's bubbly too. She's got a great voice over the phone. I love listening to her talking to clients. Like she makes me happy. Sometimes I'll be walking past the, the corridor and I'll, I'll just laugh too much. She'll see me laughing because I, I love her energy as well. So, yeah, she's the initial point of contact and I trust her with that. And I say to her um, explicitly, if you don't feel that a client is the kind of client that we want, you know, I trust you not to book them in. So I give her full trust. I never micromanage her. I've always tried not to micromanage her in in the beginning. I literally leave her on her own to, you know, to make those decisions. And I think that's important. Okay, then. So she builds up this great rapport and she's got this, like you said, great personality. The clients love her, but then they get handed over to you and you have to start from scratch. Is that right? Or does she build you up in her call? She builds me up. She builds me up. And then before the photographic session, I will usually the week before, the day before, um, call them and I'll just introduce myself and I'll say, hey, you're booked in for your photo session tomorrow. just wanted to introduce myself so it's not awkward and, and see if you had any questions for me. Have you thought about clothing? And so they'll sort of feel more comfortable and they always usually say things like, thank you so much for taking the time like to call me. That's so nice of you. And, and yeah, they kind of know what to expect when they come in. And Don't forget too, I'm always posting stuff, behind the scenes stuff on my socials. So they're seeing a lot of that anyway. They're getting a feel for what my personality is like. And, and, you know, I'm posting constantly testimonials and, you know, how a client feels after a photo shoot. And I think that's really important. Cool. Yeah, me too. I love it. And that's the feeling I got when I went in and had a look at your socials as well. On that call that you make, that first contact before the photo session, do you talk about pricing then? I do. I do. And sometimes I've actually lost bookings because I've spoken about pricing, I'll be honest. And it is disappointing. It's like a stab in the stomach. Um, But I always have to say, okay, well, it's better that this happened now than me taking them through the whole photographic experience, editing the photos, getting them back in, and then they have a meltdown about pricing because it does happen you know, and I want to try and eliminate that. So if I'm getting rid of them, even after Isham's spoken to them, then, you know, it happens. Not often, but I'd rather it happen at that stage than me having to do the photo shoot, edit the photos. Yeah, I put my heart and my soul into taking the photos, which I'm sure a lot of other photographers do, and it's exhausting. I'm drained after a photo session. So if they don't buy the photos, um, and of course it's completely up to them, but Yeah, it's heartbreaking. You know, you don't want to get them to that stage, you know, where they've booked in their session and then I call them and then I've cancelled their session with them. Um, It does affect me, I'm not going to lie, but I always think it's better that they cancelled now than, you know, having, you know, booked me for the photo session. You know, I spend an hour or whatever the time is. I spend time editing the photos, getting them back in for the purchasing session and then them you know, saying, oh, I didn't know the prices were this much or you're expensive or I didn't get the price list or, you know, Ishlam didn't tell us about the price list or we missed that on your website or whatever it is. 
And all of those things that I just mentioned have happened. So we try and eliminate that as much as possible because when it does happen, I have to sit back and go, okay, how do we prevent this from happening next time? And it still does happen, but at least if it happens, we go through everything. Ishlam and I, we tick things off and we think, okay, well, we couldn't have done this any better. So it's a number and we just move on. Right. Okay. Got it. Got it. So am I right in assuming that, you know, when you said that you run lots of Facebook ads, that a lot of your clients are coming in on the back of a free session and a credit or a print? Definitely. Right. Okay. All right. So we're familiar with that process. Just let me ask you again about that phone call that you make the day or the week before the session and you talk about pricing. Just tell me how you phrase that. I want to know if it's like, have you seen the prices or did you know that a 20 by 30 is $4,000? Like, How do you go into the pricing? I don't go through sizing because I don't like to confuse people about, you know, wall art. And I do believe it's a visual experience, but I kind of just throw it in, um, you know, after we've had a little bit of a chitty chat and I'll say, oh, you spoke to Ishlam. She touched a little bit on pricing. You know, she would have said that, you know, most of our clients spend upwards of $1,000 and our most popular package is just under 4000 I was just wondering if you had a chance to have a look at the prices. We mailed one out to you and then I'll stop. And they'll say something like, I haven't had a look at it or blah, 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 blah. And then I'll say, okay, well, I just wanted to run through pricing and, you know, I'm going to pre-book your purchasing session. If I have time after the photo shoot, I'll try and and do it straight after the photo session, depending on what kind of shoot it is. Or I'll try and pre-book them on that call to come back in and see the photos. Um, And that's when I can sort of say it's important that you're aware of the pricing because the worst thing that can happen is you fall in love with your images, which I know you will, and, you know, you say to me, I can't afford them, then you're kind of, you're wasting your time and I don't want that to happen. And then, yeah, and sometimes I'll say, no, no, I've looked at it and that's great. And then sometimes they'll say, oh, no, I haven't looked at it. Um, uh, It should be fine. And then sometimes they cancel. They've had a look at it and, you know, they cancel straight after the phone call. Or if they're not okay with the prices that I've just mentioned, I say to them, you know, if you're not comfortable with that, then it's probably best that we cancel the session. And maybe you can come back in another time when, you know, you're in a different financial situation. Because it's at that point where people will actually reveal to you, I don't have a job or my husband's just lost his job or I just broke my leg, I've been sick or whatever it is. So it's then, I guess, that they open up and it's obviously the tone that you say it into, and I think it's important. Yeah, I love it. I love the way you approach that. And I think the listener will get a lot from the way you do things as well. One of the things that you said earlier is that you post to social media. You didn't say how many, but it sounds like you post quite a few and the clients get to have a bit of a look at their portfolio before they even come in. How many do you post? Are they watermarked? And are you worried about people just downloading those and not buying? I have never been worried about people not buying their images. And as I said many years ago, um, when Facebook came about, I saw this as a big opportunity and Instagram to post stuff. Um, I find now it's shifted a little bit. Most people don't share as much on Facebook, whereas before I'd post a photo and it they would just go crazy sharing and sharing again and making comments. And, you know, Facebook is the algorithms changed. So people don't see a lot of the content that you post, which is a shame. So that sort of shifted a little bit in Facebook. And even with Instagram too, I find that a lot of people don't see my posts as much, but what I do do, and I do this religiously with every single session that I do, I let them know that I'm videoing behind the scenes during their photo session. And I'll usually put together a reel and post it before they come in. And so even if I have an inkling of a worry that I don't want them to see the images, I will, you know, I'll video my computer screen as I'm editing them and make it really quick and, you know, post GIFs on there on top of it. And, you know, there's no way that they're going to be able to reproduce that image, but they can kind of see and get a feel for what I've taken to prepare them to buy the photos. And if I don't have the time to create a reel, because let's be honest, you know, that takes time, I will simply just quickly stop on my stories and tag them um, some with behind the scenes stuff, like make it really exciting for them. You know, worked with the beautiful so-and-so, what a gorgeous family, look at these behind the scenes photos and I'll put some funky music on and yeah, just it's, it's fun to see. People love seeing that. 
So good. So good. So are you doing all that or is Islam in the background when you're doing a photo session? No, Islam doesn't do any of it, <laughs> unfortunately. It's all you. It's all me. It's it's very tiring. It's very time consuming. I'm not going to lie. Like I am tired after a photo session and then I will sit back and I will go through all the footage and put stuff together. But I try and get my mind thinking if, if I don't do this, this is not going to equal a big sale. So that's what makes me do it. And it's it's part of my process. Like there's no ifs or buts. It's actually part of my process. It's a job, isn't it? I mean, I know it's a business, but it's our job to do the best we can in our business. Definitely. And the way I've always thought of it too, I mean, I was a wedding photographer, as I mentioned, for about 13 years. Back then there was no social media. And the only way we would get advertising and exposure is if we – advertised our images in magazines and and back then I was paying off the top of my head maybe four thousand dollars for you know a photo to go in on the right hand side of of modern wedding or something like that and ten thousand on the back cover and if you think of those numbers and you think about it that way you're kind of um, I don't want to say it's stupid but stupid is probably the word to think to say that if you're not exposing yourself because there's so many people you can show what you're doing to in such an easy way and such low cost. You're kind of mad not to do it. And I guess that's what equals the big sales at the end of the day. Yeah, it's so true. I mean, I'm the same as you. I didn't balk at spending three or four, $5,000 on going into these wedding magazines. That was just what you paid. Then you had the yellow pages. That was another few thousand dollars. And yeah. All these different things. And now people are like, oh, I don't really want to spend $100 on a Facebook ad and risk losing it. And I was like, man, we used to spend tens of thousands that was the only way to get in front of people yeah look i want to get into the numbers so i'm going to say or we're going to say goodbye to the free listeners because i want to dive a bit deep into the numbers because i know they're incredible so if you're a free listener this is the end for you we'll catch us on the back end when we say goodbye to Murray. now only the premium members are listening Murray, can you give us an idea of your turnover Premium members of PhotoBiz Exposed hear more of the best photography business strategies from every guest. Marae, look, I haven't had a 10 quick question segment for, I think it must be years, but someone brought it up the other day. Are you happy to tackle these 10 quick questions if I throw them at you? Sure, but before we do that, can I actually um, announce something? Yes. Do you want to announce this for the free listeners as well, or is this only for premium members? Oh, no, the free ones too. But I was just going to say that um, I just published my first book and I released it today. So it went on pre-release and it's available on Amazon. And, yeah, I'm really proud of that. So I just wanted to say that. That Is is this the book? (laughs) The Breast Cancer Book, The Fundraiser, yeah. Okay, so I did mention that in the intro and I was going to ask you about it. I mean, time's just disappearing. This was obviously a fundraiser for for Breast Cancer Foundation. The Breast Cancer Foundation, yeah. Right. But it also generated income for you, I'm sure. Yes. So, <laughs> so was this, again, the, the book projects that, that some photographers would have heard about or tried where, you again, yes. offer a free session, a photo goes into the book, and then you make sales on the back end of that photo session? Yeah, definitely. So we say, I don't charge a session fee. They make a donation instead. And then they come in and then pretty much I I sell them the photos. And it, it's in the exact same way as I shoot any other session and sell any other session. There's no difference. Right. So they know they're going to have a photo appear in the book and they're supporting the Breast Cancer Foundation, but they also know they potentially will buy more photos for their home. Yes. Um, and like I said, the sales pitch is no different. So Islam speaks to them in the exact same way, goes through the pricing in the exact same way. It's the same price list. It's not a special price list or anything like that, and that's how it is. And if they buy all the digital files, um, that pack I just mentioned, they're spending, you know, $4,000. That's the worst-case scenario, basically. God, well, okay, fantastic. So how much goes to the Breast Cancer Foundation from each booking? Is it the session fee? Is it a percentage of the um, sale? The session fee. So I don't charge the session fee. We take a donation instead. Um, and we've agreed with something that they're happy with and uh, we donate that. Um, and, yeah, I donate some whatever I make every quarter, so I'm consistent with that. And now we're actually going to be donating 50% of the proceeds from the book, which um, is great as well. So with your book, is there stories about the women as well? 
Yeah. So initially when I first started this book, it was just going to be a picture book. And then I guess um, photographing well over a hundred women now, you know, I realized that there was more to tell. So we put together Ishlam and I like a series of questions. She'd email them the questions and not, not everyone that participates is a breast cancer survivor. People do it for different reasons. Um, some just want to help the cause. They want amazing photos of themselves. The list goes on. So for the breast cancer survivors, we send them like a questionnaire, they fill it out. And so, you know, we can put a little story together based on on what they've said. So I think there's about 14 or 15 stories featured in the book, which I think my hope is that it will help a lot of other women and help them see that there is light at the end of the tunnel. You know, cancer is such a scary word and, you know, everyone freaks out. And it's just nice to know that other women have gone through it and come out on the other end. So I think that's important to share. Is this something that's affected you as well? No, it hasn't. Um, I made a commitment many years ago to work with a charity every year. So the Breast Cancer Foundation is not the only charity I've worked with, but I do know someone that has gone through breast cancer. So I understand it a little bit better. And I actually really enjoy shooting women um, and, you know, to have them share their story with me. I think it's rewarding on both sides. And I think the main thing as well is I'm able to show them just how beautiful they are, you know. Um, And so many women come in with zero confidence and, you know, we'll get their hair and makeup done. I'll style them for the photo shoot. And we just have a really great session together. And I get as much fulfillment out of it as what they do. And the end result is they get beautiful images and I get paid for it. So it's great. <laughs> so good. So good. So it's win-win. So do they come in or do you encourage them to bring their families as well? Or are you just photographing individual women for each of these photo sessions? Uh, it's their women's sessions. And um, depending on, so Ishlam has first point of contact. So depending on what they say to her, sometimes I'll say my mum's going through it. So she'll say, why don't you bring your mum in for the photo session? Or why don't we do a generational session, bring your daughter in as well and your mum. So, yeah, if they want to be included, I love that. And it's such a beautiful session to have. And it means so much to them to have that kind of thing done at the end of the day. For sure. And look, I feel bad always dragging this back to business. But do you find that if there's more people in the session, the sale will be better on the back end? Um, No, not necessarily. No, not necessarily. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. I think it depends on a lot of things. You know, making sure they enjoy the experience, you've connected with them, they're in a part of their life where they feel that they deserve to own these photos at this cost. And sometimes it's hard because some women don't value themselves. They're coming in not valuing themselves and they have kids and and whatever and they feel guilty for spending money on themselves. So I'm not a psychologist, but I feel like sometimes I could easily be because I have to be careful in, in what I say and the conversations that I have and and just make sure they're comfortable. I just try and make sure that they're comfortable. And I think once they start to trust me, they start to look at themselves in the photos and go, you know what, like I do look beautiful. It was a great experience. It is worth it. Mm-hmm. And people won't part with money if they don't think it's worth it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And do most of these women find you for your book project through Facebook ads? Facebook ads, um, definitely, yeah. Cool, cool. And you just touched on the fact that they can or they donate the session fee. When you book a regular session, do you take a a refundable booking fee to make sure that they turn up or is that something you don't worry about? No, no. I implemented it years ago. I don't do sessions without a booking fee under any circumstances. So if they've come from, you know, a promotion like Facebook, we charge a $100 booking fee and then we just to, so I guess, make them feel comfortable, we say, look, if you don't enjoy the experience or you don't want to take any of the photos home, we refund that back to you. I don't think I've ever had to do that, to be honest. So, yeah, it's just, I guess, you know, and it's, again, the way you say it. So we say to them, it's a reservation deposit. It secures your space. You know, the reason why we take it is Marie sets up everything. She dedicates the time. There's nothing worse than having last-minute cancellations. She's sitting there twiddling her thumbs. That's what Ishlin says over the phone. I've heard her. So they understand it a lot of the times, and they don't have an issue, you know, leaving that deposit. So good. So good. 
I'm going to ask you after these 10 quick questions if you're still happy to do this about the book on Amazon so everyone hears that. But have you got time to do these 10 quick questions? Of course. Let's do it. All right. You have a drink of water. I'm going to fire these at you. You don't have to answer them super quickly. You just uh, give me your answer and we'll move on to the next one without going too deep. 10 quick questions, 10 quick answers. Three, two, one, go. What camera system are you using? Oh, um, I just bought a mirrorless Nikon system that I've had for about, I don't know, three months and I haven't shot with it yet. <laughs> I'm too scared. <laughs> it's going to happen though, I promise. Oh my God. So you're obviously coming from Nikon already and just going to... Yeah, I have the D5 and I, I shoot with all prime lenses and I, I love it. But I've got to say my body's giving in. I'm 43 I'm starting to develop like shoulder pain. And so the only reason why I bought the mirrorless camera system was to alleviate some of the pain. But it is very different and I just have to get used to it. So it'll happen soon, I promise. <laughs> Follow-up question, favourite lens and why? Oh, uh, the Nikon 85mm. I shoot all my portraits with that. It's a great sharp lens and I love how it makes the background really milky. Nice. Do you have a favorite piece of software in your business? Software. I won't say Photoshop. I'm using Photoshop less and less these days. I guess as time goes on, I'm trying to stay as, as far away as my computer as, as much as possible. I just find myself editing a lot in Lightroom, but I am looking at you know implementing some AI software. So hopefully that'll help. But I'm starting to really hate computers. <laughs> <laughs> what does Ishlam use for her bookings? Do you have uh, CRM software? I'm almost embarrassed to say this. We've had Studio Ninja operating for like five years and we're actually having another meeting about it to fully implement it tomorrow. We're pen and paper. <laughs> and we it. have such a great system. I swear to you, we start using Studio Ninja and then we go back to pen and paper. It's crazy. Look, you know what? I'm with you. Linda, my wife, she looks after the admin side of the business and she does not want to know about a CRM. She's pen and paper. And I'm the same as you. I'm embarrassed to say that, <laughs> but it works. Yeah. Because everyone talks about automation and it's great, but I think the time that you have to spend automating things and making sure they're correct, like we had an, like a, an automated email go out when we booked someone and it was only until they replied to the email, I was turned around to Isham going, these automations are wrong. Like, look at this sentence. This doesn't apply to this job. It's in the wrong workflow. So that's why we're having the meeting tomorrow. And I'm right. like, what a mess, you know. But I'm sure once it's set up... <laughs> It's going to be good. It'll work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Next one. Best thing, looking back, that you've ever done for your business? Uh, hire a business coach. Oh, nice. Who have you had? I've worked with Bernie, Bernie Griffith, and I was with him, I guess, for about seven years and turned my business around completely. That's when you went from... And made from, it a more profitable... Is that when you went from weddings to portraits? Yeah, I actually hired him at that point where I was um, transitioning from weddings. I, I was still profitable at weddings. Everything I knew up until hiring him, I taught myself. And I, you know, I never knew anything about marketing and advertising. I just, I, I winged everything and learned as much as I could. But he just gave me a different way of, you don't realize, I guess, so much how business is important. Like, I'm more interested in the business side of it than you know, looking at the latest software or cameras. I'm happy to use the Nikon D5 for the next 10 years. I have no issue with that. I'm more focused on, okay, keeping costs low and profits high. Got it. Love that. that that's, yeah. That, now, now you sound like a business person more than a photographer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, you know, we were talking about numbers before. I actually didn't even, I was operating my business for such a long time until I started working with a business coach. I, I never looked at the numbers. I knew I was making money um, and I definitely know how to spend it, but um, <laughs> I'm a spender. Um, but I never knew. I just knew my mortgage was paid off. I would get by. I could buy whatever I want, but I actually never knew figures. So now I, I know figures and it's exciting. And I look at the figures and I don't get excited. I think, okay, well, how can I make more, as I said before? So, so once you know the numbers, then you can sort of really start to change things and, and know where you stand in your business, I think. And I'm not a numbers person. I'm not a numbers person. Wow. Well, on the back of that, have you ever had a setback in the business? I haven't made, I guess, bad business decisions. And not that I'm a very careful person, but 
I'll say I am pretty switched on and I guess I've been lucky in the way that I've just been able to navigate things. And if I don't know how to do something, I'll find a way to do it or find someone that can help me find a business coach or hire this person. Um, so I'm not opposed to, to doing any of those things. So I haven't had any major setbacks. That's, that's great. And I mean, you can't go too far wrong if your costs are low and your profits are high. I mean, things can't ever get too bad in that case. Yeah. I mean, the worst thing that can happen is, you know, I spend a couple of hours doing a job and they don't buy the photos. And that does happen. I mean, last year we counted, and this is because I do the numbers now, seven clients didn't buy photos for all different reasons. But seven out of seven, and we had 73 bookings and the average spend was just under 5,000. So if you ask me, that's not bad. I'm not focused on the seven. Of course not. No, no. If you look at the averages, it's still amazing. It's incredible. Well, talking about numbers, how much would you be prepared to pay per lead or booking, whatever, whichever one you measure, if you measure any? So at the moment, I'm paying between around $100 a lead if I work it out, maybe sometimes a little bit more. Um, and it depends if you want to factor in the time that you spent getting that lead booked in. It's not even looking at just the, the cost that it you know costs you on Facebook or whatever it is. Um, I'm prepared because I understand my business and what I make and the costs being so low and the profits being so high, I think I'd be prepared to even spend $300 on a lead if I needed to, um, even more than that. Okay. So, sorry. So, Marie, when you say you're paying $100 a lead or prepared to spend $300 for a lead, is that for a lead or for a booking? Not for a lead, for a booking like a paid client. Right. I'm looking at it, okay, well, my average spend is just under 5000 If you deduct, you know, $300, even $500 from that, then, like, you're still doing pretty well, yeah. Okay, so if you got 10 leads in for, let's say, $50 each and you converted one of them, you'd still be okay with that. Cool, love it, love it. I don't know if you're a reader, but have you ever read a book that changed or had a positive impact on your business? Or life? I like to think I am a reader. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm probably not. I have a bookshelf. There's so many books that I haven't gotten around to reading. I'm currently reading Atomic Habits, which I find very interesting, but I haven't finished it. What was the book? Atomic Habits. Oh, oh Atomic Habits. Yes, I've heard great things about it. Yeah. Yeah, it is great in the way that he explains things. So that's what I'm currently reading. So, yeah. Cool. But other than something that's been life-changing, uh, probably not. I don't read enough. Okay. <laughs> I've got two more questions for you to finish up. One is, why do clients book you or choose you over your competition? I guess a few reasons. I'm not too focused on what my competition's doing. I don't know if that's a bad thing or whatever, but I try not to worry too much about what other photographers are doing in my area. I just focus on myself. And as I mentioned before, I try and make the experience fun and worthwhile. And I think I produce really high quality images. And it's the whole experience from even when they they come to pick up their portraits, I wrap them up like it's a present. I personally handwrite a note in them, at, you know, in each you know package when they pick it up and say, thank you so much for choosing to work with me. I hope you enjoyed your experience. Something along those lines. And I'll mention something personal. So, yeah. Beautiful. Personal touch. I love it. <laughs> Last one for you. Look, I should have prepped you with this one because this might be a tough one to think of, but have you or can you share an embarrassing moment or a, a stuff up that you've had in, in the past? Oh, my God. So many. <laughs> <laughs> so many. Um, well, this comes back to my wedding days. It's the first thought that came back, but I was doing a really big wedding and, you know, after the church ceremony, I was standing up on a high point, I think, the steps of the church and I was screaming on the top of my lungs, everybody get into the middle. We're going to take a group photo, Rah! screaming. <laughs> and then I got the bride and groom's name wrong and everyone was trying to tell me, but I was so in my head and stressed out and on a time crunch that I was just ignoring like, you know, 300 people going, that's not their names. You're an idiot, you know, whatever. And I took the photos and it wasn't until afterwards that someone came up to me and they said, you know, they explained what happened. I was like, oh, okay, that explains why everyone was looking at me funny. But you just, you had to be there. It was really embarrassing. No, I can, I can picture that. That's so good. It was really embarrassing. I looked like an idiot, basically. Fantastic. I looked unprofessional as well. That's all right. At least you can look back and laugh about it now. 
Yeah. So good. Done. Ray, you have been incredible. Like massive congrats on your success. I hope you do stop to smell the roses occasionally and, and take a long weekend and live a bit of a, a leisurable life because you've been incredibly successful and I'm sure you'll continue to be. Thank you for coming on and sharing everything you did. Where is the best place for the listener to see and learn more about you? Well, they can head to my website, which is vividimaging.com.au. You can follow me on Instagram, and it's my name, which is spelled Muriel Sassine, M-U-R-I-E-L-L-E Sassine. Or you can find me on Facebook, Vivid Photography and Imaging, and that's pretty much it. Cool. I'm going to add links to all those in the show notes so you can easily find Murray because I was shocked when she told me it was Murray when I looked at the spelling. And not Muriel. Yes. <laughs> Muriel. <laughs> I get it all the time. And I said, remember, hooray for hooray. Yeah, so it's good. It's word association. Yeah. So good. <laughs> and you mentioned your book on Amazon. Like, Do we just go to Amazon and search for your name? You can search for my – I don't know if it comes up with just my name, but the book is called um, Uplifting. It's called Uplifting, a celebration of women. If you even just put Uplifting – um, it should come up with my name. Yeah, it just got released last night, so I haven't tried the alternatives, but I should. I'll work it out. <laughs> You'll find it. I'll add links. I'll add links in the show notes anyway, so the listener can easily find it. Thank you. Again, massive congrats. This has been amazing to talk to. I'm so glad we had the chance. I'm sorry I kept you waiting. I'm in Scotland. You're in Australia. I'm used to having things the other it's way okay. around at times. <laughs> so. Everything happens in the perfect time, as they say. <laughs> And look, a massive thanks also to Ishlin for making all this happen. Looking forward to catching up uh, sometime in the future. And again, massive thanks, Murray. Thank you for having me on the show. I loved it. I love talking to you. You're a great interviewer. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed that interview with Murray as much as I did. Murray, if you are listening, again, massive thanks for coming on, for sharing everything you did, and massive congrats again on your success. What what an amazing business you've built. And uh, you have to say a big thanks to Eclem for getting us in touch and making this all happen because it was thanks to her that it did. For you, the listener, I do hope there were a ton of takeaways from today's interview. If you would like to follow up with anything that Murray had to share, you can find links to anything and everything that she mentioned in the show notes for today's episode. This week, they're at photobizx.com forward slash 533. I've also got examples of her fantastic work. It's all there in that one spot. And of course, if you are a premium member, I'll be adding Murray into the members Facebook group. So you'll have easy access to her there if you do have any follow-up questions at all in regards to today's episode. Oh, and don't forget... You can check out the book that Murray has just released. You can see it on Amazon. I've linked to that in the show notes as well. Uplifting, A Celebration of Women by Murray Sassine. And I urge you to go and have a look at this if you've ever considered or you've already done a book project in the past because I was expecting to see a pretty simple and basic photo book like the ones I've created for my clients in the past. This one blew me away uh it, it looks and re- it's just fantastic go and have a look at it on amazon uh, it will change actually you know what it might actually scare you if you go and have a look at this book because it is so so good uh <laughs> it might put you off doing a book project yourself but honestly don't let it do that let it inspire you instead and see what uh, what you are capable of in your business because it really is it really is amazing it's worth a look Alrighty, that is just about going to wrap up this episode of the podcast. Oh, don't forget, I have mentioned in the past couple of episodes, there is a food photography challenge, a five-day challenge being put together by Emma Dunham. If that interests you at all, food photography, or you're looking at introducing it into your business, go and check out that challenge. It starts today, and there are more details at photobizx.com forward slash food photography. Other than that, I am happy to say, <laughs> this is not business related, that I am actually waking up at a normal hour now i'm over the jet lag i'm back into the swing of things i'm totally pumped for the rest of the year i've got a course or two that i'm talking about with presenters that i'm hoping will come into fruition for you i've got some incredible interviews lined up there's of course the black friday specials coming up on the membership and all the photo biz x courses so lots happening to see us through the end of the year and plenty to be excited about. I hope you feel the same way about your business. I hope things are going well. And if not, if you're in the PhotoBizX premium membership, post inside the members group. If I or other members can help you with your business, 
we would be more than happy to do that. Alrighty, that is it for this episode. Have a fantastic week wherever you are in the world. Stay safe, healthy and well, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye for now. Oh, I should have said, don't forget to let me know about the 10 quick questions segment. Were you happy to have that back in? Do you like that segment? Should I continue to do it each week or just bring it out every now and again? Let me know your feedback. It's your podcast. I do this for you and your business. So if you found that helpful, I would love to know. If it's like, hmm, could take it or leave it, I'm happy to hear that too. All right, have a great week. Chat to you soon. Bye for now. If you have enjoyed this episode, head to photobizx.com. Join the conversation, leave a comment, and share your thoughts on the interview with Andrew and today's special guest. 